Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Levesque. I'm here to bridge the gap for women in the outdoors, support families, and roll out your weekly dose of positive vibes. With almost two decades in the health and fitness world and an untamable passion for hunting in the outdoors, my mission is to help you move boldly in the direction of your dreams. Join us here weekly as we talk about fitness and mindset, accountability, as well as all things hunting and epic untold stories. Welcome to the Her Inspired Journey podcast. My name is Jen Shears, and I'm your guest host for this episode. Today, we chat with a lady here in Newfoundland with quite a few years under her belt. She's got lots of experience in hunting and fishing, the outdoors, and life in general, and she's full of life herself. Probably the spunkiest 90-year-old that I know. Uh, she most recently got her moose at the age of 90. And again, that's 9-0, not 1-9. And she had a lot of insight and funny stories to share from over the years, her views on life and um, just on, on the outdoors and everything in general. I think you'll enjoy it. She also happens to be my nan, Nan Geraldine or Geraldine as she likes to be called. I remember when I was younger, she would always record us and our little conversations on a little uh, tape player, a big boom box type of thing. And uh, it's funny that the tables have turned now. She's doing her first podcast at the age of 90. So I think you'll enjoy it. I think you might gain some inspiration from her. And I think we have a lot to learn from her mindset and her approach to life and aging and the outdoors and all of those things. So enjoy it. My chat with Nan Jurley. It's that time again, spring has arrived and that means many of us are hitting the woods in search of sheds, turkeys, bears, or just some much needed time outside. Remember, as you get out, ticks will be also. Do yourself and your family a favor by treating your gear with Sawyer's permethrin spray. Permethrin will last up to six washes or six weeks. It's odorless, gear safe, and non-toxic. Head to Sawyer.com to stock up now. How I would introduce you would be something like a spunky nonagenarian, uh, swimming lesson roller coaster driver, <laughs> a mini pizza for breakfast person, a bridesmaid at my wedding, someone who shut down the bar at my bachelorette party, <laughs> a moose hunter, a gardener, a berry picker, a birder, a hiker, an outdoors woman, how would you introduce yourself? I think you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> I must have missed something. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, I, re- I relate it. I relate it all. All of it comes on, yeah, when you think about all those things. Yeah, falling off of motorcycles and skidoos. Okay, all of you. skiing. Breaking glasses and all this stuff. Oh my goodness. And cross country, going down the hill and bang all on my tailbone, seeing stars for the first time. Uh huh. It actually made you see stars. I did. Wow. Like in the cartoons. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I landed, I saw stars. I said, Good Lord, now I can. I know what it's all about. I'm seeing the light. See? <laughs> and I said, I better get up because no one sees me down there. Someone will come down on top of me. So I got up after a few minutes. 
Oh my goodness. So why don't you introduce yourself, your name and your age and where you're from and who you are? Well, I was born in Rocky Harbor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, was re- I was three and a half years of being reared up in a log cabin in Loman Depot. Mm-hmm. And then my parents came to Cornerbrook because, of course, the mill was open in 1925, so that was around 1930. I was born in 31. Wow. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yes, of course. It actually it gives you more credibility. <laughs> Not like you're saying you were born in 91. That would be great, too. But being 31 makes people, you know, perk up and listen. Think. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I had a lot of incidents in Loman Depot, of course, you know, mm-hmm. hiding away behind the out- door and thought I was drowned, crying, wondering where I was, and I was hid behind the door giggling. Oh my goodness. And, and my sister didn't find me. She didn't look behind the door when she came in, but they were hysterical, so she made one last look behind the outhouse door, and she grabbed me so hard that I started to cry. You had everyone scared. <laughs> she shook me. Oh, my goodness. So in those days, how would you have traveled between, say, Loma Depot and Cornerbrook? In the way, well, we were living in Loma Depot, so really uh, from Deer Lake to, to the depot, wintertime was on dog team. In summertime, we traveled on horseback. Oh, okay. Because we had a father, Dwar, a padre, who used to uh, visit all the little settlements. Right. And in the summertime, he'd come on horseback. Mm-hmm. And they always had a bag full of candy for me and chocolates. So I would sit on the doorstep eating away and eating so much that I would pick one up and throw it down on the ground. I had too much. <laughs> And he'd take me for a ride on the horseback ride. And when he came in the dog team, of course, he always gave me a ride across the pond in the wintertime, you know. My mother, what? We had the old-fashioned telephones. One long and two short. One long and two short. Right. So the phone would ring, and Father Dwyer said, Hilda, that's my mother, you know, I'm coming in. I'll be in, you know, in a few hours' time, whatever it takes. That was in the wintertime. So she'd go out and get a birch uh, billet, and warm it in the oven, put it in the foot of his bed so he'd, his bed would be warm. Wow. In the wintertime. In the winter. Yeah. Gee whiz. And uh, the first car came through, the old Ford. I got a picture of that. Now I'm sitting on the, the running board with Dad there. Mm-hmm. First car we ever saw. Wow. Came through. So I have a lot of experiences there, you know. Up in the... He built a warehouse for all the goods, like... Uh, Dried raisins and prunes and apricots, and that was just up my alley. Mm, I'd say, of course it would be. <laughs> I'd go up and I'd have a feast. <laughs> so, well, stuff like that, you know, I really enjoyed it. My sister was there, of course. She was 12 years older than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, she taught me a lot of things. We went fishing together. You know. What do you think are some of your first outdoor memories? Either just outdoors or involved with hunting and fishing or berry picking or... Oh, yeah, well, when I was about seven or eight years old, I'd go in the woods with Dad, rabbit catching and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He used to have a dog take with him, too, you know, and we'd travel in the woods. He loved fishing, so we'd go in fishing into the ponds. When you went rabbit catching, was it like snares, or were you using the dogs to run the rabbits? That's the old-fashioned snares wires. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, he showed me what to do, and he used to make his own, like everybody did at that time, you know? Yes. So I'd bring home my rabbits on my back, and I'd walk like Jennifer, like Aspen's doing. Oh, and <laughs> Nan just watched the the video of our Yukon hunt where we brought Aspen, and uh, Aspen was going up through the bushes, and it was really bushwhacking for her. For us, it wasn't necessarily so much because our heads were above it, but she was facing eyes down into it. So you can relate to that. I can relate to that. <laughs> exactly. More, more than once I fell, and I wanted to go back home. But Dad just said, come on, come on, let's go. We're sort of going to get some fish. You may see a rabbit. We may see a moose. Mm-hmm. I'll let you ask. Yeah. I guess moose in those days, they had just been introduced not too long to Newfoundland. That's true, yeah. So yeah. had they arrived to this area much, or was it really like a rare occurrence to see a moose? Well, it was kind of rare in, in this area, in country road area, you know. Yeah. But I saw two moose up here the other day. Up here, off yeah. the road? Yeah. Right, right in here. the middle. So we're in the middle of a, a town or a city of 30-odd thousand people. And so, yeah, every now and again we'll get moose kind well, of... Well, there's a, a wild apple tree there. Oh, yeah. And you know what? They came this year. They came last year. The same, the same too. Wow. They gotta be. It must be, yeah. So there, there are no leaves yet. So certainly no apples, but they were coming to see if they could uh, see it. So I'm looking out Nan's window. It's shed. Okay, yes. That, that tree the, there. The shed right out there. I'm looking at Nan's window, and I see uh, on the little archway there in your garden, um, that garden has so many memories for me. And I picture it being so much bigger than that, because I guess when you're little, exactly. things seem so much bigger. Now it's still a big, beautiful garden, but I remember it. I, feel, I felt like I was in a, a wonderland or a cartoon or something. And when the... And when the thing, of course, now it's spring here in Newfoundland, so there's nothing growing up. But as things grow, you almost feel like you're in a maze, too. So that could be part of it. But I'm looking out here, and on that archway, there's a little moose rack. Do you remember the story on that one? <laughs> yes, I was in around Lager School Road, you know. But I did have a beautiful one. Yeah. And I put it up in the gazebo mm-hmm. in the fall of the year. Right. It was about 10 points, I guess, but it was so perfect. Really palmated and even? Oh, yeah, really even. And I had it up there all winter. Yeah. And when the spring came and part of the snow went away, I went up and it was gone. No way. Somebody had passed by, I guess, and, and, and fell in love with it and took it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I don't know if that help, happens elsewhere, but things like that sometimes happen around here and it's mm. not fun. or. Well, good. I think in them days we didn't have that high fence. Oh, yeah. And they could just tra- travel up through the garden. Walking through. Oh, anyway, wow. that's all right. No big deal. I got another one after. <laughs> Bigger than that. Bigger than that? Yeah. How many moose have you gotten through the years, do you think? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. A dozen altogether, I suppose. A dozen? I've got a picture here I'm going to show you, and I want you to describe it to the folks who are listening. What... I don't know what the last time you saw this. It was a picture I found in the cabin. Why don't you describe what <laughs> what that picture is? What do you see in it? This gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my husband and my dad and I. You know. What are you holding? A bottle of beer, I guess, and my gun. <laughs> it's like it's like the most epic hunting picture that I think I've ever seen, and I did post it on my Instagram, and some people said, like, I think that's my favorite picture that I've ever seen. <laughs> Do you know you don't? I took that with me in my bag, 
And I went to church one Sunday morning, and I took it out and showed some of my friends in the back. That picture? Me, and they <laughs> groped them right out. I guess the ladies at church weren't used to seeing that. Really uh, I don't think, some of them didn't really appreciate it, but I, no. I well, thought they'd get a kick out of it. <laughs> for sure, yeah. So there's a moose kind of in the middle of being cleaned, and it's kind of spread open, and everything's showing and exposed with Nan and her rifle and her beer and pop. Um, but, you know, sometimes people when they see that they don't really make the connection to food and things like that food and heritage no. and outdoor experiences no, and the it, circle of life even exactly um so yeah it may it may be off-putting to some but for some it's a good reminder it brings them back into what food really well, is yeah. and looks like well that's nature i mean you know yeah no that's that's so true um what have been your um your mindset or what's your outlook on wild food and things like that? How important has it been to you over the years? Well, I like uh, wild meat. I always did. Yeah. You know, it's better for you. <laughs> it sure is. And as, I said, as long as it's under control. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, that's right. It's good. I, I remember growing up, I always say that uh, my friends used to come over and they'd always be afraid to have supper at our house because they didn't know what we were going to be serving. It could be moose or caribou or bear even or fish or rabbit or birds. They never they never knew what to well, expect. Well, if you didn't tell them, I said, never let your left hand know what your hand, right hand is doing because they would eat it. Because we were to a house one night and this lady said, one meat I don't like and that's bear meat. And my son turned around and said, you know, you just had bear meat and you were saying how delicious it is. You didn't tell her. <laughs> well, so, there you go. Yeah, sometimes it's a mind game, isn't it? Exactly. If you don't know what you're eating and you like it, but as soon as you find out what it is, that, that says more about the, the mentality than it is what the actual yeah, well, meat the is. the way I prepare meals sometimes. I never tell anybody what I put in it. If I did, they wouldn't eat it. <laughs> Well, and half the time you don't know what you put in it or the quantities either. <laughs> Dad, what is it Dad always says about you and recipes? Well, Nan, Nan is famous for she'll make one really amazing thing and then she'll make it again and it's still amazing, but it tastes different. What is it Dad says to you? Dad said, Mom, you'd be no good at filling bullets, was it? Reloading bullets? Yeah, because you'd have your head blowing off. <laughs> she doesn't stick to recipes very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I varied them. I make them taste better. Oh, you know, you know, I'll put another bit of this in. It'll taste better. And I'll add something else a little bit. A squirt of lemon. Oh, and it brings life into the recipe. <laughs> and too, but too much lemon can put it over the edge. I learned that with a crab dip a couple weeks ago. <laughs> We're very different in the kitchen then. I don't spend too much time in the kitchen. Carrie really takes the lead on that. But... If I don't have a video to show me how to prepare something, I'm pretty oh. hesitant to try it. So uh, so we're, I didn't get that from you. Listen, my doll, when you get my age, maybe you will. <laughs> maybe I Because I'm doing things now that I never used to do, and it turns out perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I When I think about stories, like, I basically Annette, grew up in a, the cabin in Lewis Hills, and um, I think about some of the funny stories in there. For example, our outhouse, um, we get a lot, a lot of snow in there. How many feet do you think of snow in a winter? 15 feet or yes. so? Yes, well, you know, the the patio goes out about, what, 10 feet or 15 feet? Yes. In the wintertime, they take down the, the 
the the, R- the railing, or? railing, and you can walk right out. Yeah, that's true. And get a get aboard of your skidoo. And sometimes even it go, you need to go down into the patio. Yeah. So anyway, when our first outhouse filled up. Dad was so pissed off with having to dig holes down into the outhouse because it would be if in like you need to dig down a tunnel well, ten that's feet. That's the first thing you had to do when you went, when you in, went in is make a hole to toilet. That's right. That was Door. important. Priorities, right? Yes, exactly. So when the first outhouse filled up and they uh, they had to build another one, instead of building it on the ground, what did Dad do? He built the real throne. He built it ten ten steps ten up. steps up. And we have so much snow, now we can walk right in. You walk in the winter and sometimes still dig down a little bit. Yeah. Like this winter was different. We didn't have that much snow. But other years, you still need to dig down to the outhouse that's like... Yeah. 10 steps up I'll post a picture of, of that outhouse so people are listening and they want to get a picture of the real throne they can <laughs> they can look at it but I remember Pop what did he do with his moose license one time <laughs> he dropped it down in the toilet hole <laughs> he came down he said guess what I did I lost my license down in the toilet hole that but must- the toilet was so high up off of the off of the ground that he that they have an opening there they could open up a hatch a hat. So he, he got a, a fishing rod or something or else, and he went in and he hooked it out, and it was perfect. That was Pop's toilet reading was his boost license, and then he ended up dropping it down. Like, what do you do then? And that was before, like, online licenses and stuff. Like, that paper license was really it. But he was lucky. Well, they had advanced planning. They put that hatch in the outhouse because they they uh, foresaw the potential for something yes. like that happening. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise, that would have been an extra dirty job to get down in there. And then in that outhouse as well, so it's a real throne, but then it's a good perch too. Didn't you spot one of your moose? Yes, I did. Tell me about that. <laughs> I went. I walked up and I turned around and closed the door, and here was this big bull moose looking at me about 10, oh, 12 feet away. Now, what was they going to do? You know, Craig had, your father had license. And here they were down there, and I had, I, was, I had the toilet door open, and I was saying, moose, moose. Well, your father looked up, but he didn't pay any attention, and I said, and the moose just stayed there. He was, you know, froze. And I said it again, moose, moose. So he heard me through the door, right, you know? Yep. And he grabbed, he went, ran up steps and got his gun and went, got He shot the moose. Oh, my goodness. What, do you know what? What? That was the toughest moose we ever shot. No way. Was it really? Well, the last three or four boxes, we took it up for a a person. We had a dog. They gave it to the dog. No, it was that bad. Oh, that's too bad. And here he was froze. Waiting to get shot, I think. Maybe he he had enough of it all. (laughs) Maybe he was like, yeah, I'm just going to, there's people here. This is it. I don't want to deal with this anymore. He was hypnotized. (laughs) Wondering what this big throne was in the middle of the forest. Oh, that was funny, though, you know. That was really funny. Do you have any other funny stories off the top of your head about moose hunting or anything? Yes, falling down, upside down, going backwards. <laughs> wonder I didn't shoot myself with the gun in the hand. <laughs> Not again, Mom would say. Not again, your mother would say. Are you okay? I said, yes, I'd get up and go. That's no, right. Never broke a bone. Well, I remember as a little girl in the cabin, and in the morning, you would just put on all your gear, 
and just leave, not hunting season or anything, just in the summer. You'd leave. Go and you'd, I'll yeah. be back. I'll be back before dark, you'd say. Yeah. And we never ever knew where you went. You could have, you could have went back out to Cornerback for all we knew. You know what? I never had a fear in the world. No, that's what we always thought. I traveled right in the Heinz Pond alone, never, you know, with my camera. Yes. And I never did see a thing, but you know what could have happened? I, but it wasn't in my mind. No, no. Yeah. But you know, I wouldn't do it today. <laughs> no, it's funny. The, the older you get, the more nervous you are, I find. Yeah. See kids nowadays and they got no fear. And then uh, as you get older, you're a bit more cautious. Yeah, yeah. you oh, are. Yeah. I used to love traveling in the woods with my camera. And binoculars, because I was a birder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not the shooting with the gun kind of birder. Yeah. I say you still cry if you see a duck being shot, would you? Yes, I do. Yes, or, yes, or a grouse. <laughs> or a grouse. Do you like eating grouse? Yeah. Yeah, but you don't want to shoot one? No. <laughs> because it's a bird. Because it's a bird. There's that There's that thing. Yeah. It's something about that than the than animal. You know what, anyways... What about fishing and stuff? Did you like going fishing? I love, I used to love trouting. Yeah. Love it, you know. Mm-hmm. We'd go up on the fourth pond, is it, up that place above the cabin? Quarter pond. Quarter yeah. pond. Yeah. And we'd take our gear up there and our wine and our chairs and sit down. Fine. <laughs> couldn't, get a, couldn't get a trout, so I'd pour a little bit of wine down. And the next thing you come on, I got a trout. <laughs> He likes that red wine. The secret recipe, yeah. The the red wine, not white wine. Red wine. Red wine. Okay, that's good to know. I'll mention it to Carrie. He'd say that's the only thing red wine is good for anyway, pouring down a trout hole. Well, there you go. When you're ice fishing. He's not, he's not oh, a wine lover. We used to have fun sitting around like that. It was great. Yeah, your father would go down and bring up the chairs, you know, and I said, you know, it's a... We should have some wine today and some munchies, and they'd bring up all the stuff and we'd sit around, have a picnic, have a fish through the ice. Oh, nice. It was great. Oh, that's lots of fun. And then in the end, I poked the wine bottle down in the hole. <laughs> no more truck, that's it. That's it, Get they're done. Let's go. Yeah, they're done. Grab a bottle, put it in your knapsack. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's, that's so much fun. And go to try. I will never forget one of my first shed hunting seasons. It was several years ago and I had not treated my gear beforehand. And I will tell you, there were ticks crawling all over me. It seemed like every time I looked down at my pants, my hand or my sleeves, I would see ticks crawling all over and it creeped me out. But honestly, it scares me to death because they carry things like Lyme disease and they carry so many other things that can really, really make you sick. So head over to Sawyer.com or go down to your local store, find some Picaridin or the Permethrin spray. Make sure you're treating your gear. It is really such a simple way to prevent interactions with ticks, to keep them off of you. And if they do come into contact with your gear that has been treated, it is either going to kill or repel them. So they are not gonna wanna be there or they're going to die. It is safe for you, it is safe for your family and for your pets. Head over to Sawyer.com to check it out, to get all of the information, and then, of course, make sure that you are treated before you head out this season. Sawyer.com. Um, when I look back at pictures and stuff of you growing up in, in a pot, you, you really seem to be ahead of your time. Do you think, do you think that's the case? Well, 
at the time, yeah, I didn't you didn't didn't know that or didn't. But I think about it now that things I did <laughs> never heard of before. I see pictures over there. You're wearing bikini and a bikini and rubber boots. Yeah. Was Mom, that your normal summer attire? Yeah, my mother in her rubber boots. <laughs> but you know, I was—I the I think I was the first one ever wore a bikini. Were you in these parts, like in these area, this area? Yeah. What did Every, people think of that? Everybody else had one piece or right up here, but I used to have the drawstring. I couldn't get the drawstring up tight. Just bring it in. <laughs> Wanted to show off your curves. Yeah, but you know, I was innocent as anything. No, of course, yeah. You know, never thought nothing of it. I mean, I went around bikinis and Southbrook Park was a place where we spent all our summers up there. Yeah. Pop and I mm -hmm. and all our friends, you know. 24th of May, I had the biggest burn I ever had in my life. No way. We went up around 10 o'clock in the morning. And I was in my bikini till 8 o'clock that night. And when I got in the car, I couldn't put on my, my, my jeans or anything like that. I just sat on the edge of the seat. And when I went home, Mom was doing hair at the time. She was a hairdresser. And when she came out of the or parlor and she saw me, I was red as a beet. And she says, oh, good Lord, she got, she sunstruck. She sunstruck. That's oh, what, that's what she would say. Yeah, yeah. But I had blisters. Oh, no. And I had to keep my bottoms on for a couple of days. I couldn't get you them couldn't off. You couldn't get them off? And just lodged myself on the sheet. That's all. Wow. And it was hot weather. So I was in the house for four or five days. Couldn't go out. Couldn't put any jeans on, nothing, any clothes, you know, and nothing heavy. Mm -hmm. And peeled over after that. <laughs> Start peeling over. Oh, no. My friend came up with a, a tube of tan too. That was an end. Was it? Yeah, Pete Daniels, and he and he, you know he helped me put it on, dab it on. He said it would help. Eh? Right. Wow. I had good friends in them days. I would say, look it out to you. Oh wow. Um, what are some of your favorite wild game recipes? Like, how do you like to prepare it? I love tours. Turs, okay, interesting. Yeah. How do you like to prepare them? Well, we skinned the turs and we just stuffed them like you would any turkey or chicken, same kind of stuffing. Yeah. And two turs in the roasters makes a nice meal. I used to love turs. I used to get them in Hampton, a friend of mine. Oh, yeah. So I miss ever, that. Have you ever been out tur hunting? No. No. Never, uh, but they they used to go out and boat in Hampton to bring them in, you know, and I'd have ham I'd have tours, I guess, you know, every every year when they were out. Nice. And came in and enjoyed it. The tur hunting is often around the same time as seal hunting. Do you like seal meat? Love it. I gave you some for Christmas. Love it all. I gave did you try the stuff I gave you? For yes, for I, Christmas I gave you what? Elk. Some elk? Yeah. And uh, what was another one? My doll sheep, some yes, doll yes, sheep I had or bighorn. Yeah. Beautiful. And then some seal yeah. as well. I can't think of anything that I don't like. No. I remember that growing up, too. You'd want us to try all these things, and I'd say, no. But I, I love everything in food, you know. Yeah. You, too, I guess. Yeah, I do now. Certainly, I've I've broadened my, my food and my palate. Well, I'm not finicky. I mean, I love different foods and recipes you know even when i went to austria different places i like all the foods mm -hmm. you know yeah i uh, i must say i enjoy eating yeah that's 
I've definitely inherited that from you. I think in in more recent years, I, I like trying all kinds of things. I'm more yes, of a foodie I do now. Too. I love it. Yeah. Out in your garden, I remember the carrots that we'd pull up and the sugar snap peas. Yeah. That, that was probably some of the best tasting things I've ever eaten. When you can pull up a carrot and yeah. pop it in your mouth. Well, I still grow my sugar snap peas mm-hmm. and, and carrots and that. Well, I love vegetables and fruit and all that jazz. Toss salads. Toss salads too. Yes. Every other day, I get a toss salad. I'm not, I don't have the toss salad today because I'm being interrupted by somebody. <laughs> Someone. <laughs> I, I crashed the party. Yeah. I crashed the curling and toss salad party. <laughs> I brought donuts. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> a scattered donut won't hurt anyone. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you went and got your COVID vaccination. Yes. That, that's a funny story. <laughs> what, what was it that uh, happened there? Well, you know, you had a list of... Uh, questions, you know, and she said, um, what kind of drugs are you taking? I said, excuse me? She said, well, prescription drugs. I said, I don't take anything. She looked at me and she figured I was joking. You know? 90 year old, there's no way you no. don't take no, prescription No, I pills. said, I don't uh, take any drugs, my love. I said, two caps- uh, seal capsules mm-hmm. and a little bit of brandy going to bed at night. <laughs> Hey, and I lick my wine every other day, but other no dear, not now. I said maybe tomorrow I'll have some drugs. I mean, who knows? All of us might tomorrow. But that's pretty impressive. They they're probably not used to that seeing uh, people in their nineties. I would say even fifties or sixties not having oh, yeah. a huge list of medications. So what do you attribute that to? That the fact that you're well, I think it's gene. I think it's in the genes. Do you? You know, I mean, I've taken care of myself and up through the years, you know, active, of course, like swimming and yoga, I taught those two things. And being, and it's your attitude, really, I never changed my disposition. Right. That's so true. (laughs) I mean, I just love life, Mm -hmm. you know, and I live one day at a time. That's right. Yeah. Like the old saying, today is worth two tomorrows. Oh, Absolutely. So when anybody comes out along with a sad story, I said, hmm, you're still breathing, aren't you? <laughs> yes. I said, well, there you be thankful that you're breathing and you can look out the window and see the birds, see the flowers. And I said, it could be worse, you know. That's right. Yes, she said, you, you, that's true. She said, you made my day by saying oh, that. Oh, that's good. It's all in the mindset, too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think your outdoor lifestyle played into Yes. Your health and everything? Yes. How so? Well, I mean, you're in fresh air and you're traveling, you're on the move, right? Mm-hmm. You know, always looking for something and you're in the, in the, in the forest, you know, the birds and the bees and all the ants and the flies and everything. <laughs> everything contributes to it, yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. Nope, that's good. Um, why do you think seeing someone who's more up in age out hunting and fishing and like that picture of your moose from this year why do you think it resonates with people why do you think everyone was like that's amazing when they saw your picture i have media outlets contact me i want to do a story on your nan why do you think that that resonates with people well i suppose maybe they don't do that then they don't uh, hunt or they don't do the things that i did That's right. That's true. You know, I mean, in just doing so much in my life, you know, just I figure, well, that's life. That's my life. I, you know, I, everything came day after day. Mm-hmm. 
something you didn't plan it and you had uh, quite an you know, experience in life. Yes. So, you know, I have friends and I have no people a lot younger than me that I really, they can't relate to me and I can't relate to them because they're different, you know? Mm-hmm. I read a lot. Yes, you're a you're a voracious reader, yeah. and you're always after me. Jen, you need to read this book. You need to read this. Book. Yeah, and I'm a CBC fan. Someone said, "Where do you hear that voice?" I said, "CBC," and I said, "You didn't hear about Sputnik V, the vac the va- the the vaccine?" Oh yeah. No, I said, "Well, I listen to CBC." That's where you that's where you learned it. Yeah, you've, you've listened to CBC forever, haven't you? Putnik wouldn't give it up. <laughs> I don't think he'll give it up. Putnik V. Mm. You hear about that one? No, I, I guess I don't listen to CBC as much as you. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> <laughs> Shame on you. Yeah, I, I know. It's... I, I should. I should start reading and listening to public radio more. I do yeah, agree. Yeah, play games, crosswords, get online, do the different things, you know, play games. Solitaire. Yes. Ten. It's all good. Heart, all that stuff. Playing cards with my friends. Mm-hmm. You taught me a few card games. You, you taught me solitaire and yeah. gin, I think, maybe. Could be. 120s. Oh, 120. Yes. The old fashioned. Yeah. We still play it when I go over to my friends. Oh, do you? Yes, yes, yes. I love it. And none of my family plays cards. Well, Shauna used to. Yeah. My daughter. But oh, anyway, so that's life. <laughs> There's so much on the go. There is. You've traveled a little bit. Where are some places you and or Pop traveled over the years? Well, the first place was we took a load of PEI potatoes in a schooner from Levy, PEI, down to San Juan. Wow, when was that? That was in 69. Hmm. And we were on, well, it was in February. I was going to be on the high seas on my birthday, February 20th. 20th, right? yeah, yeah. So we had to, flew, we had to fly to Levy and pick up uh, the schooner, the Topsail Star, as related to Pop, Lloyd Bugden, Captain Lloyd Bugden. Mm -hmm. Because he came here this winter night, and I was putting together a 2,000-piece puzzle. And my mother was over there with a bad ankle where she fell down, and I had four children at the time. Well, Duggan was a bit older, Duggan Craig. And Lloyd came in, and a very slow talker, you know, I said, well, where are you going now, Lloyd? Oh, we're sailing down to San Juan. I said, San Juan, Puerto Rico. The thing of dreams, right? Ooh. He said, I suppose you'd like to go down there, would you? I said, would I? I said, you said a mouthful. But can you? No, I said, I said, Mom's there. I said, with a bad ankle. I said, my <clears throat> husband is working. I said, Gerald is working. Oh, he said, but uh, well, Mom said, no problem, she said. I'll get someone to look after the children, you know. And I said, well, there's no trouble for Gerald to get off. Right. So we planned the trip. Wow. So we flew. He said, have your bags ready. Mm-hmm. Because he he was on leave at the time, <clears throat> and a few days off, went home to see his family, and he had docked the uh, topsail star in Levy. 
So I was all excited telling all my friends, you know, he's going to be on the high seas and my birthday and all that jazz. So anyway, I spent one, we spent one night in PEI and then the next morning we moved out. And here we were stuck in the ice off of PEI. Oh my. And we had to get the ice, cut, ice cutter wolf to get us out. You didn't? Yep. So it got us out in the high seas, got us out where we were traveling, you know, down past Nova Scotia. Before we got to Nova Scotia, I got sick. Seasick? I was up in the wheelhouse looking straight ahead. And I said, I think I'm going to go down and have a little rest. <laughs> so I was in the bunk for about two days or more. Oh, no. So, well, I got that from you because I get seasick a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. not fun, is it? And I'm a glutton for punishment because I... I <laughs> That's what people say about me, too, yeah. that I'm a glutton for punishment. All the hunts and yeah. crazy things that I put myself yeah, through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you went down on the bunk for two days. Yes, and the cook would come in and say, Mrs. Hiscock. Would you like something to eat? No, I'm sorry. I'm not in the mood. He would do that two or three times a day for two two days or more. And he was really getting nervous and sad and everything. You right. Know? Here I had a big salt junk bucket down by my bucket. Oh, no. And he came in this day. He said, Mrs. Siscock, he said, you got to eat, you know. Hey, what would you like to have? got up on one elbow and I said, do you know what I like to have? I said, a, a junk of hard tack, hard bread. Yep, something easy on the stomach. Something to gnaw on. Did, did he have it? Yes, he was so happy. So he, he wasn't long coming back and he had you know, a lot of it cut up for me and I start sucking on the old hard bread. Yeah. Uh, Pure, purity. Purity, yep, a staple <laughs> for many, many years around here. Yeah, still is. Yep. And I came to my senses, and I got up after a while, and I was down in the galley out helping paint the deck and sing song. It was 30 men and me. <laughs> wow. My husband was the 30th man and me. We, and at night, we'd go out on the bow, and they, they all had music and guitars and you know, the accordions and big old sing song every night on the way down. Wow, fun. But when we got in the breast of Port of Basque, not Port of Basque, but the Halifax, which I didn't see, but Lloyd came in when I was sick, and he said, would you like for me to take you into... Halifax. Oh. I said, no, as sick as I am, I'm going down to San Juan. Oh, that was on the way there. He yeah. wanted to drop you off if you wanted to. Yeah. But you yeah. suffered it out. And, you know, we we didn't see land for about seven days. Wow. And I felt like Christopher Columbus. Of course you did. <laughs> and just and just with a hope and a prayer. I'm going to see, he said, Moore Castle. Mm. So he said, get out on the bow, by, uh, the bow. And I got out there with my binoculars. I must be in it three or four hours before I saw that little black spot in the Way sea. Way ahead. <laughs> oh, well, that was my most memorable thing in life. Oh, was it? That trip? One of them. One of them. One of them, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes things that either you work hard for or that are, make you suffer are the things you look back on and appreciate more. Definitely. Right. I can remember when we landed there. We landed there on a Friday night, and we were supposed to load on Saturday, but something came up that they didn't uh, unload till Monday, so we had about you know five or six days or more there. But when we got off of the ship that night, 
onto the wharf. It was just getting a bit dusk, a bit dark. And I saw those things crawling around, and I was stepping, and I had little sandals on, and I was trying to avoid it, and I squat something, and I said, what is it? Oh, he said, that's cockroaches. <gasps> and honest to God, they were both that big. Oh, they were three, four inches. Yeah. Wow. I was petrified. Yeah, you don't see those around I think it's the first time in my life I was petrified. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the last time, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. I spent, oh, well, we goodness. spent one night in a hotel yes. to get off of the ship, you know. And we got in the hotel, and I was froze to death. Were you? Air conditioning. I suppose you've never experienced that before. No. And here we were looking around for the turn-off, see if we could turn off the air conditioning. And we finally, after about a half an hour, we, yeah, Pop found it to turn it off. <laughs> if he didn't find the button, I'm sure he could have rewired it to turn it off. But he could have. He would have done something because he was jack of all trades. The ultra-tinkerer. Oh, yep. if he couldn't buy it, he'd make it. Oh, that's, that's the truth, yes. Mm. So many uh, things around our homes. That, that pop made, yeah. Yes, build it, yeah. But I guess build so. Build it and make it. But not, not like me, but he was good. <laughs> but now Shauna and, and Dad and Uncle Doug turns after Dad. Oh, yes, yeah. They, they mm-hmm. can all do whatever they set their mind to in terms of gadgets and mm-hmm. building things and stuff. I'm good at a few things, you know, improvising stuff, you know. <laughs> oh, I'd say you are, yes. You know, you're always uh, learning something, mm-hmm. even in the kitchen. Yeah, especially for me, especially in the kitchen. Shortcuts. I mean, the shortcuts. <laughs> That's right. We, I think nowadays they call them life hacks or hacks. Okay. Shortcuts and stuff. Things that you can do to make your task easier. Well, that's me, and I'm, you know, telling Grayson about it. I said, come here, I'll show you something. Yes. What to do. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I'll remember. <laughs> yeah. You should write a book. We always say that. You should write a book. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, but the more you do things, you say, well, why didn't I think of that before? No, it's true. Yeah. I guess you've you've found the same thing, I guess. Oh, yeah, have I ever. Doing things and where's my, I should have put that there before and Mm -hmm. whatever, you know. That's right. Yeah, you live and learn. You're also a a chronic, I will say, journaler. Yeah, I keep a journal. You do, yeah. And what do you get from that? Well, if I forget something, I'll go back to my You'll journal. Back, yeah, <laughs> like names and things like that, names and places. Names and, and places. Well, I get notes all over the place. Yes. And then I maybe jot the most important things down on my journal. Yes. Or maybe some crises on TV, you know, I'll date that and put that, or, or an important person that dies and all this stuff, you know. To date it all, yeah. yeah. Even Trump is there. <laughs> All the Americans listening. <laughs> Trump means different things to different people, and that's fine. That's what makes the world exactly. go around. Exactly. Oh, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> good points and bad points. Absolutely. Everyone has them. Everyone has good points everyone, and, everyone. and bad points. Yes, everyone. Um, so I guess to kind of clue up the conversation, you've made a, a mark on many people throughout your life, one of them being your second third grade teacher George is it Russell the man that oh is that his name George Russell yeah George Russell yeah would you mind um reading the poem that he wrote for you so Nan Jurley at the ripe old age of 10 made such an impression on her teacher that he wrote a poem for her for her 10th birthday (laughs) and 
Nan always, always reads this poem, always says it. It's a lovely little poem. Do you want to read it or recite it? I'll recite it. She'll re- she doesn't even need to read it. She'll, she'll recite it. Okay, have at it. Oh, you've seen her, no doubt, in her running about with her long yellow hair and her voice loud and clear. On her long legs she goes like a deer in a wood in a little red sweater like Red Riding Hood. She is pretty loquacious for one that's so young. I suspect that her tongue in the middle is hung and there is plenty of frolic wherever she's seen. And her name, as you may know, is just Geraldine. (laughs) (laughs) That's lovely. That's awesome. So, um... Written by Mr. George Russell for Geraldine on her 10th birthday, February 20th, 1941. And that's the poem that Nan has recited hundreds of times to me over the years. And I'm actually looking at it in front of me and I can confirm every word and every syllable is correct. You nailed it. (laughs) That's awesome. And I guess another thing we'll end on is what's that cheers that you always do? What's that toast? Do you still remember it? Yeah. What is it? Here's to love and life and laughter and song. We're here to dance and sing the whole night long. And we'll brighten life before we're gray and turn the nighttime into day. Aw, that's lovely. Well, yeah. cheers to you. Cheers to everyone listening. And hopefully uh, this chat with Nan has given you some inspiration on getting out there and getting after things that you might not think that you're capable of, but with a bit of effort and a bit of heart and a bit of will and luck you can make it happen thanks nan i really enjoyed this and thank you god bless so that's it for this episode of her inspired journey i hope you enjoyed it i hope you enjoyed the chat with nan jurley and i hope that you stay tuned for future episodes follow her inspired journey on instagram on facebook and uh, we'll chat again soon Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. We hope that your cup is full and you're ready to embrace your untamable vibe. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a favor? Help us grow our audience by sharing your favorite episode on social media, sending the episode to a friend, and leaving us a review online. We love to hear from you. One more thing, be sure to press that subscribe button and never miss a weekly episode. See you next week.